Hey guys, welcome back to the Beck and Call podcast. I'm your host, Merritt Beck. As a longtime fashion blogger, I've loved connecting with my audience over the years on all things life, work, love, and everything in between. And I wanted to bring that to life on this podcast. You can consider the Beck and Call podcast a weekly catch up with your internet bestie, where I share personal life updates, recent recs and reviews, and discuss relevant, interesting topics for women in their 20s, 30s, and beyond. I am so glad you're here. So let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I've got Reese's here. So if you hear any (laughs) heavy breathing or snoring or maybe that, I don't know if you heard that. (laughs) That's her, not me. Tomorrow morning, I am dropping Reese's off at Bevel Dog Behavior for boarding for the weekend because I am heading out on a fun little getaway. So my friend Natalie's birthday last year, we had planned to go to the Commodore Perry, but then our schedules just never aligned. We could not get a date figured out. And so we decided to do it this year. So I don't know which year we're celebrating because her birthday just happened in May. (laughs) So Maybe we're celebrating this year's birthday or last year's birthday or both, but I cannot wait because we are staying at the Commodore Perry. I've visited the property, but I've never stayed there. I'm from Austin. And so whenever I go to Austin, I of course stay with my mom when I'm in town. I really don't ever stay at hotels there. So this is sort of a unique opportunity for me. And it's like the coolest new hotel spot in Austin. Now, you have heard me rave about Ludie's, their restaurant, before I went over the Christmas holidays, and it was such a great dinner, and we're eating there again on Friday, so can't wait for that, but just really looking forward to enjoying the hotel and the pool, and I think we're going to walk on Town Lake on Saturday. I'm not sure where we're doing dinner Saturday night because I made a reservation at Sammy's Italian, and then we were going to try and get a couple of other reservations through the concierge because I didn't have much luck even a month ago trying to book stuff like everything was unavailable. Uh, We really were looking at like Red Ash, Clark's Oyster Bar, Jay Carver's. And so we were hoping that the hotel could hook us up, but we'll see. I have the Sammy's Italian reservation as a backup, but I'm so excited. I'm packing like all of my very extra outfits since it's her birthday. I thought it would be a fun time to dress up. So I have this really, really cute new chartreuse dress. I've been wanting to buy something in chartreuse for so long. I ordered the Farm Rio chartreuse linen pants earlier this spring, and I got the size small and they were enormous and they would have required quite a bit of tailoring to get them looking attractive. It's a great color and I liked the linen material, but the fit was just all wrong. And so I returned those and kept my eye out for something else. And also by Farm Rio, I happened upon this dress. It's sort of a three-quarter sleeve. It's got this keyhole situation kind of at the abdomen area that's a drawstring, so you can make it really, really tight so there's not that much skin showing. I think it is so cute, so flattering. The color is so eye-catching. I cannot wait to wear it. I can't decide which night I'm going to wear it on, but I'm definitely taking it to Austin. Then the other thing that I haven't had a chance to wear yet, but I feel like this is the perfect weekend for it, is my Levi Style House caftan. It is sequins. It is so fun. And so I'm taking that too. And I'm taking my most extra swimwear look as well. So it's going to be a really fun weekend. And we are heading down tomorrow and we'll be back on Sunday. It's a quick trip, but I am very much looking forward to it. I'll, of course, recap my stay in next week's episode, but let's get into what I've been up to in the last week. So last Friday, I took 
basically the afternoon off and met up with Emma at Lee Harvey's dive-in, which I think I talked about a little bit last summer, but it's basically like this community pool kind of over in the Bishop Arts area, and you can pay for a day pass, and it's really fun. It's like very boutique-y, a little hipster, like the crowd. It's a lot of tattoos, I'll just say that but they play really fun, loud music. The bar is great. They have, they serve food if you want to order food. And then they have these cabanas you can rent out or you can rent out pool chairs, or you can just pay for a day pass where you don't have chairs. Like you can lay out on the grass or whatever, but it's really fun. And we did that for a few hours on Friday and I got so sunburned. I don't know why I had this obviously false sense of confidence after my trip to Brazil, where I laid out for like three or four days straight, thinking that maybe I had a base layer going, based and going. And I only put sunscreen on my face and my like chest and my legs and back y'all were like beet red. I'm just now starting to peel on my upper thigh. Um, I'm hoping I don't peel. I think that was like the worst area because I was kind of sitting in the pool where the sun was directly shining onto my left side. And so like my left, like upper thigh area was just like so, so burned, but, um, I'm mostly recovered now. I put aloe on it like twice a day for the last week. So it's looking good. It's just starting to peel a little bit. I hope it doesn't (laughs) peel everywhere, but anyway, the pool day was fun. And then after that, I went home and quickly showered and got ready for the night because my friend Megan and I ended up going to Heather McMahon. I saw that I got her email, I guess. Um, Heather has a newsletter and I went to her show last year, which I talked about on here. And I had no idea she was coming to Dallas. I don't remember her saying anything about coming to Dallas on Instagram, but then I got the newsletter and kind of broached it to my friends to see who wanted to go. And Megan was in. So I got us two tickets and then we got a reservation at Nobu, which I haven't been to in ages, like years but it was a really fun dinner and a really fun evening. The comeback tour, which is Heather's current tour, is supposed to be all about kind of her first year of marriage, a little bit about her wedding and her honeymoon. And while she does get into the wedding and the honeymoon, a lot of her like maybe first hour is crowd work. And I was so impressed by that because she is so quick on her feet, literally and figuratively, because she she actually did some quick footwork on stage uh, when she was telling jokes. And I was laughing so hard, so hard. And I've told you guys, I'm not a big laugh out loud person when I watch TV or movies and honestly, comedy stuff, like if I watch it on TV. But the energy in the room was just so alive. Like everyone was having a ball. Heather is obviously a hilarious comic and she was just killing it on stage. Like there was a guy in the front named Ben that she was talking to about her job. She was like, what's, uh, what do you do for a living? He said he was a consultant. She was like, well, we all know that's not a real job. It was just like joke, 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 joke. It was really quick. And I know that's her job, but I just was very impressed how quick she was in the reactions to what people were saying in the audience. So uh, that was really fun. The entire evening was just such a blast and I had the best time. So if you have the opportunity to see Heather, check out her website to see where the comeback tour is headed next. I think she's taking a break this summer um, and then she like comes back in the fall for more shows. So check that out. She's fucking hilarious. We just had the best time. On Saturday, we threw a little birthday brunch for my friend Rachel at Rise, which is a neighborhood favorite of mine. You've heard me talk about it so many times, but it was really, really fun to celebrate her. And of course, 
eat two souffles. <laughs> I got the habichu souffle and the praline pecan souffle, which I'd never had before. It was so delightful. It actually had some chunks of the pecans or pralines in there. It was, it was really, really decadent. And then after that, I went home for a bit and then met up with other friends at Park House for a couple drinks and then went home. So Saturday was very lively and fun as well. Sunday was a little more relaxed, which I sort of needed because I had had plans Wednesday through Saturday at that point. I'd gotten drinks with my friend Laura Wednesday. I had dinner with my friend Graham Thursday. I did the pool and dinner and Heather Big Band Friday. And then I had two social plans Saturday. So Sunday was really nice. It was just the break I needed from social interaction. And that free time also gave me the opportunity to push the summer capsule live. So if you haven't checked it out already, go to merit-beck.com. It is live. Um, you can shop, you can discover over a hundred chic outfits for the season. But I've said this before and I'll say it again. My capsules are by far my most popular kind of content on my site. They're a true labor of love. I love creating them, but it is time consuming to make them. And so any way you'd want to digest it, share it, shop it, whatever means so much to me. So thank you for checking it out, for shopping, for sharing. It means the world. And then this week, I've just been sort of getting ahead on work. I've gotten a ton of collages done for next week, which is really great. I wanted to get ahead before leaving town tomorrow because, you know, I'm not going to be working all day and I won't work at all this weekend. I'm not taking my laptop with me. So just wanted to have as much time to get ahead on work as possible. Now let's get into some recs and reviews. I actually have a lot this week. The first show I watched this week was Exo Kitty, which is a spinoff of the show or movie. Was that a movie? I can't remember. To All the Boys I've Loved Before or something. It was really cute. It's the younger sister. She decides to surprise her boyfriend by showing up at his school in South Korea. She wants to go where her mom went to school. And so she decides to transfer and meets up with him there. And basically drama ensues. I think the show's really cute. I actually really enjoyed watching it. And I know this is going to sound like so bitchy and vain of me, but honestly, it was something that was so distracting to me while watching the show. She needs to like get braces or I don't know, whiten her teeth or just do something because honestly, the main character's teeth are bad. (laughs) They were just really distracting me the entire season. She's a really cute girl. But her teeth were a distraction, and that was unfortunate. But I really, really liked the show. I thought the acting was good for their age group. I thought the storyline was fun and creative. And I should say, she's the only one who didn't have amazing teeth. Everybody else had like bright white, perfect teeth on the show. So I guess it was just like glaringly obvious because she's in every scene and like there would be close ups of her about to kiss someone. I don't know. It was just like, distracting. And again, I know that makes me the asshole to talk about it, bring it up. I mean, she's like a teenager or something, but it was just distracting. (laughs) That's all I have to say. But anyway, it's a cute series. Check out Exo Kitty on Netflix. After I finished Exo Kitty, I started and finished There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane, which is like a docu-series or documentary. I can't remember if it was a show or a movie. Um, I think it was on Max, but I remember this story in the news. It happened in 2009 and it was a woman who crashed her car seemingly intentionally uh, with her children and her nieces inside. Um, And they killed some other people in another car that they ran into. 
and her behavior leading up to the crash seemed really erratic, but her behavior was not erratic when they left the camp that they were staying at. Like she was with her husband. Her husband took another car home with the dog and the trailer or whatever, and she was supposed to take the kids. And he said everything was normal, but then what should have been a really short drive ended up being like a three hour drive. She drove the wrong way on a highway. She stopped at a gas station. She pulled over the car because her kids had called the dad or the nieces had called their dad, like saying there's something wrong with her. And they asked her to pull over and then she left her phone. It's just all very suspicious. And then after the, after the wreck, they tested her and she did have a ton of alcohol and some marijuana in her system. But the whole docu-series was basically her husband and her sister-in-law saying that she wasn't drunk. They didn't believe she was drunk, even though the toxicology report said she was. So they wanted to like exhume her body and retest her blood. And even faced with the fact that the toxicology, even the second time said she was drunk, they still are like, we don't believe it. And they found a vodka bottle at the scene of the crash, like at the scene of the crash. I don't know. It just, and like the questions that the family was asking were really stupid. Like it just, they just weren't willing to face reality. It does seem like she had some sort of mental break, whether that was medically caused or just, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it wasn't, they were making it seem like this was like she wasn't drunk, even though <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just all of the reasoning of the families wanting to do this docuseries, it, it was dumb. Um, like she clearly was drunk driving the kids. And like, that's probably what caused a lot of the erratic behavior. I don't know. I just it seemed kind of like a waste of a documentary when the facts are clear. Um, the toxicology report was clear. And I guess they just were trying to find a way to have her not assume guilt because of course people hated this woman because she killed all of these people. So anyway, it was, it was not a, an uplifting story. It was not an uplifting ending and there wasn't any new information. It was just the family trying to, I guess, make sense of it because they didn't understand why she would have been drinking. Anyway, that's sad, but. I wouldn't waste my time watching that if I were you. <laughs> Onto something much more pleasant and heartwarming and wholesome. I also watched Jury Duty on Amazon this week, which is basically like a version of the Truman Show where it's a fake jury, it's a fake trial, it's a fake judge, except for one guy. Like even James Marsden is in it playing himself as if he had to do jury duty. But this one guy on the jury is not aware that all of this is fake. And it's sort of just like watching him as he becomes in charge of the jury. He's like the four person or whatever. And there are just like so many opportunities for him to get angry with someone or mess things up. And he just, you know, takes everything in stride. He's super patient with everyone. He's so nice and generous and helpful to the people. Like he really becomes friends with these other jurors. It's just like such, it really like gives you faith. It gives you faith in humanity that there are still good people out there. But it really is very funny because they have certain scenes where they're basically trying to set him up to like freak out about something like James Marsden comes to his hotel room because the jury is sequestered from like going home and all of that because of the trial. 
and James Marsden supposedly takes a big shit and <laughs> this guy's bathroom and it's like a monster shit. Like it's huge. They like sprayed perfume. So it smells really bad. Um, and just, like, he could have been like, get the fuck out of my room. And he was like, no dog, it's fine. <laughs> like it was just, it was really funny. And he was, he just like is a genuinely good person. And so it was just a really sweet show. I would definitely check it out if you're looking for something a little heartwarming, something to boost your mood this week. It's great. And just a reminder that is Jury Duty on Amazon. And then something new that came out this week, I watched the first episode of The Idol on Max, and it stars Lily Rose Depp, which is Johnny Depp's daughter, and then The Weeknd. And Lily Rose Depp plays a pop star, kind of like a Britney Spears of the current time, if you will. Um, and then The Weeknd's character is a club owner, and the, it looks like they're about to have some sort of sexual relationship. Um, but it's basically showing the first episode is like kind of giving you a history of Jocelyn, which is Lily Rose Depp's character. And she's sort of a wild child. She likes to party. She likes to have sex. She's, um, kind of had some mental health issues. And so they're sort of setting the scene for that. And then near the end of the episode is when she meets Tedros, who is played by the weekend. And he's creepy in this role. I'm not going to deny that, but I think the acting from both of them is superb. I I wrote about this in my newsletter too, but the first, the very first shot of this episode, the very first shot of the first episode is of Lily Rose Depp. It's a like close up of her face and she's reacting to a photographer telling her to portray certain emotions. And I was totally mesmerized by that because like one second she's looking seductive, the next she's crying. And it's like, it's just so effortless. It's almost like it almost seems like she's a sociopath, but not, not in a bad way. I don't know. I'm probably describing this wrong, but just the effortlessness at which she was able to transition so quickly to new emotions was just really impressive. Like, you know, she's got acting chops. I've never seen her in anything else. So I was really impressed watching that. She's definitely a bit of a newcomer on the acting stage, if you will. So I think it's going to be a really good show, but there is a lot of controversy around it. I think they were, there were reports that it was maybe a toxic work environment. And like, of course, it's a lot of sexual content and nudity and like things about whether it's, it was inappropriate the way they shot stuff. Anyway, It'll be interesting to see, but I really loved the first episode. I thought it was really, really good. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the rest of the season looks like. And that is The Idol on Max. And then the last thing I watched this week, I finished last night. It's called Reality. It is also on Max and it stars Sydney Sweeney, who really is known for playing Cassie in Euphoria, another great show. But this movie is very different. Again, never seen her in a role like this. Uh, she is very clearly a talented actress. But this movie, Reality, is based on a true story about a woman named Reality. I had no idea that that's what the name referred to, but it's actually her name in the movie. And it's about a woman, Reality, who works for a private contractor as a translator. Um, she's like a Farsi expert, I guess. And she gets in trouble with the FBI for releasing, leaking, like very secret documents. And I, we all know what this was. Like at the end of the movie, you're like, oh yeah, I remember what this is. But during the movie, they are bleeping out the parts that are classified. 
And so you're sort of like, well, what is, what is it that she leaked? So anyway, don't, don't Google it if you want to be surprised. So that was interesting. But what's really cool about this movie is all of the dialogue in the film is based off of a recorded interview with reality. And so I think that's really cool. Like from start to finish, it's just her talking with the FBI and that's the dialogue. So that's really cool. All of the film is pretty much shot at her house in basically two different areas. The first part is in her front yard and the second part, she's in a room at the back of her house. And so there's not a lot going on in terms of like scenes and backdrops. It's all in the acting and like her face. Like I'm sort of shocked how much I loved it considering you're just kind of looking at her the whole movie. Um, but it, again, it's sort of like the Lily Rose Depp thing in the idol. It really shows her depth and just acting skills, like being able to show so much emotion and her reactions when there's not much else going on in the movie. It like is all focused on her. So anyway, that was a really interesting movie. I really enjoyed it. Check it out. It's called Reality on Max. And then last but not least, I promise this is the last <laughs> wreck and review that I have for you guys. Um, I read Minka Kelly's memoir this week or listened to rather. It is called Tell Me Everything. And truthfully, I don't know anything about her. I didn't before reading this book. I had to Google what she was in. Like, I don't I've I never watched Friday Night Lights. So like that didn't come to mind. I think most people have seen Friday Night Lights and just automatically know who she is. But she was on five seasons of that. She's been in a bunch of movies, not like really great movies, like some horror movies and like I think teen kind of things. Um, so just hasn't totally been on my radar. Like I know that she dates Trevor Noah. I don't know if they're still dating. She's dated Derek Jeter and a bunch of other people. But like I said, really didn't have any intel on her until I listened to this memoir and was shocked about her childhood. I'm not going to spoil it because I think that's what's kind of cool is the discovery aspect of kind of her life story. But let's just say she had a rough childhood. Her mom was all over the place. She was sort of introduced to not sex work, but, you know, stripping and that kind of thing early on. And, you know, that all played a role in kind of how she got to where she is. So I found that all very, very interesting. I had no idea she was a nurse. Anyway, check it out. It's called Tell Me Everything. I just found it all very interesting and her voice is really calming and soft. So um, definitely an easy listen. All right, before we get into this week's topic, let's hear a word from our sponsors. This week, I'm heading to Austin to celebrate my bestie Natalie's birthday, and I cannot wait to get there. Since it's a short trip, I will absolutely be taking my base weekender with me. It's the perfect size and fits everything I need for a weekend getaway. I love the zippered bottom compartment. I can keep my shoes separate from my clothes and other accessories. I've taken it and put my makeup and hair accessories in the bottom instead of shoes. It's just a multifunctional space that helps keep things organized and separate from each other. It was also amazing as a carry-on for my recent trip to New York. It just fits so much and the beige color is so chic. Base was created by actress Shay Mitchell to make sleek and affordable bags, luggage, and accessories designed to help you travel effortlessly while still looking fashionable. In addition to the weekender I have, Bays also has roller luggage, passport and luggage tags, cosmetic cases, totes, backpacks, sports slings, literally any kind of travel bag you might need. 
Bezos thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage, 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, a built-in weight indicator, that's awesome, washable bags for dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need to keep organized. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Baze has your personal items covered. Right now, Baze is offering my listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting bazetravel.com slash beck and call. Go to bazetravel.com slash beck and call for 15% off your purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash beck and call. I'm finally feeling back on my regular routine after my two-week trip, and I'm feeling so good. Part of that is definitely thanks to my morning routine of drinking AG1 from Athletic Greens. I gave AG1 a try because I've never been very good at taking vitamins and supplements. It's just hard for me to keep up with a routine that comes with a bunch of different products. I love that just one scoop of AG1 daily gives me everything I need for optimal health and nutrition. If I'm going to stick to a routine, it's got to be simple, stupid. I take AG1 first thing in the morning on an empty stomach before I head out for my walk with Reese's and do my workout for the day. It gives me the energy boost I need, and I've noticed a major improvement in digestion and just feeling balanced throughout the day. With just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing over 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. It's truly the healthiest thing you can do in under a minute. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash beck and call. That's athleticgreens.com slash beck and call. Check it out. Since summer is here, and this is when I would normally be at summer camp if I was still going to summer camp, I thought this might be a good time to chat about summer camp. So summer camp was always a big thing, at least in Texas. And I do have friends that lived in other states that also have recounted their summer camp experience. So I know it's not just limited to Texas, but I only know about Texas summer camps and really just one. I went to Camp Mystic growing up, but um, there are a ton. There's obviously Camp Mystic, Camp Waldemar, Camp Longhorn, Heart of the Hills, Camp Stewart, Camp Balcony Springs. Um, and so many more, I'm sure. But I thought it would be fun to kind of tap into that nostalgia for summer camp and talk about my experience going to Camp Mystic and how I feel like it really impacted my life and the things that I really took away from it and some of my favorite memories of it and all of that. Now, if you're not familiar with summer camp, like if you didn't grow up going to summer camp, you're probably like, why would anyone do that? Well, first, it was really fun. (laughs) But I think the reason why parents send their kids to summer camp, in addition to just like getting a break, like I know my my parents one year took like a month long trip to Italy or something while we were both gone, but it forces kids to embrace independence. It forces you to make new friends and get outside your comfort zone. It also allows you to tap into new activities, try out new crafts and hobbies and skills. Um, And it helps you build a bigger community outside of your friends at school or in your neighborhood. So all of those things at least are true for me. While I was never really shy, I was very outgoing. I loved meeting new people. It definitely got me out of my comfort zone, forced me to do new things. Like, for example, you sign up for classes you want to take and you might get some of them. You won't get all of them, like various activities. They had things like archery and horseback riding and tennis and golf and swimming and diving and beauty inside and out. They had all kinds of activities. And so you'd sign up for some and they'd give you some that you wanted, but then they'd also kind of 
mix it up, make sure everybody got some classes they wanted. And so you ended up getting some that you didn't, which was great. I think that was a good thing to try out a new skill, try out something new. There were also opportunities for friendly competition. There were opportunities to perform. Like there was a chorus, there was dance, there was stuff like that where you'd get on a stage. Um, It just really, in addition to helping you build a community and make additional friends and kind of get more independent, you kind of get to test your own boundaries and explore more of what you might like. And I think that is a really great thing for someone who's young. So let me break the experience at Camp Mystic down for you. So Camp Mystic has three terms, or at least when I went, they have a second camp now that has different terms, but there are three terms in the main camp. Third term was only two weeks, which is what I started with. And you can start right after second grade. And so right after second grade, I went into twins one at third term. So only two weeks. And I absolutely loved it and like begged my parents to let me go to one of the longer terms because first and second term are both a month. First term is in June. Second term is in July. And so my sister and I both went first term, which was a month long. And you stay in unair conditioned cabins. Again, I don't know if that's changed. It's probably, I would imagine it's probably getting too hot now for that to happen. But when I went to camp, all you needed was a fan. It was still pretty cool at night because you're by the Guadalupe River. Um, This is in Hunt, Texas, by the way, the Texas Hill Country. It is absolutely gorgeous. But the cabins are unair conditioned. (laughs) There's one large communal bathroom. And then depending on how many campers are in each cabin, there's a mix of single beds and bunk beds. And most years we had to draw from a hat. So the bed assignments would be fair and people couldn't like be clicky about it. But most of the time you could trade if someone agreed to trade with you. Like if you didn't want a bunk, you wanted a single bed or something. And usually friends would want to pair up or whatever. But once you go to camp and you, if you continue to go every year, you stay with the same cabin. So all of the people that were in my cabin really early on were still in my cabin when I was in high school. So you have some familiarity in that way, which is really nice. You see the same people every year, so you can look forward to that. Obviously, you'd see people just around (laughs) the property, but um, you do have the same cabin mates every year, which is nice. The cabins were all really cute. Let's see if I can remember all of mine. Twins 1, Twins 2, Chatterbox. I want to say one was jumble in, but I know that there was a tumble in because I was in tumble in one, I think. <laughs> and then I was in hangout and then lookout nest. And then, oh, I think I was in angel's attic. I don't know if there's one in between lookout nest and angel's attic. And then there's rough house and hangover, which are the two oldest cabins. And I actually didn't end up going my last two years of high school, which I regret so much. Um, But that was at a time when I was just sort of not really in the camp frame of mind. I this was when I was like doing some bad behavior back at home and I felt too cool for school. I was smoking cigarettes and maybe dabbling in some drugs. And so I just didn't I didn't go back to camp, but I regret it. I ended up going back as a counselor one year, but that was not the same. I do not want to take care of other people's kids. (laughs) I decided after that, but being a camper was so much fun. And I do regret not going those last two years because, you know, you kind of rule the school when you're there and you're the eldest people. So I do, I do feel bad that I missed out on that, but, um, the cabin names are really cute. 
Now, like I said, first term and second term were both a month long. So packing was a serious business. We all had trunks. I think I got mine from personally yours and it had like my initials on it. It was very decked out, had a ton of stickers. Those were very important. (laughs) The whole thing was very serious. And I loved camp so much. I would start packing at least a month in advance, which I guess is not surprising because I do that today for trips that I'm really excited about. I'll start packing like a week or two in advance or at least start planning my outfits. I was very much like that growing up for camp. It was just exhilarating. In addition to just like casual everyday clothes, it was like a lot of t-shirts and shorts because it's hot. Bathing suits, sneakers, that kind of thing. Um, You also took a couple of dresses for dances. So I said this earlier, but Camp Mystic is an all-girls camp. I think I said that. It's an all-girls Christian camp. And Camp Stewart is an all-boys camp in Hunt as well. And so there would be, I think it was just once with them. There might have been another boys camp that we did a dance with, but um, there were usually one or two each term. And so you'd need a dress for those. And then You had to bring white for Sunday. We always had devotionals along the Guadalupe River. It was such a special scene, too, because we would be singing together. We would listen to scripture. um, And it was just like such a peaceful every Sunday was just like really, really special. But all of the campers and counselors and um, directors of the camp were there and would wear all white. And then once you figured out what tribe you were in, you either had to pack red shorts or blue shorts. Now, let me talk about the tribes because (laughs) obviously today, not exactly politically correct, but it was one of the parts that made camp so fun. Honestly, when you got to camp at the start of term, new campers pull a piece of paper out of a hat to determine what tribe they're in for the rest of their time at Camp Mystic. So whatever you pull that first day, is what you are every year following that. So a blue piece of paper meant you were a Kiowa. A red piece of paper meant you were a Tonk. My sister was a Tonk, so she wore red, and I was a Kiowa, so I wore blue. And in addition to providing like another little community within the Mystic community, being in those tribes kind of gave everyone a taste of friendly competition. On the last day or two of camp, the tribes are competing against each other to win like best at camp, basically. So you compete in the activities that you've been doing throughout the month, whether that's archery or horseback riding, swimming and diving or war canoe. (laughs) Reese's is barking in her sleep. Can you hear it? (laughs) Anyway, like I said, war canoe, again, not politically correct, um, but it was an opportunity to teach campers good sportsmanship, but also just strive to be the best at whatever you put your mind to. And once you're assigned a tribe, you do a lot with that tribe. So you're assigned a big sis who is an older camper who basically watches out for you, encourages you and offers friendship and support if you ever like homesick. So that's really nice. There are times when you go up to your tribe's respective hill for prayer or special events and gatherings. It was just another way to give campers a sense of belonging at camp. It really... um, At first, that's what it felt like. But then obviously, the older you got and the closer you got with other campers, it just was like a really special bond and kind of communion, if you will. Because, of course, each tribe has their own private sayings and songs and traditions. And so that's kind of what you connected with the other girls in your tribe on. 
In addition to the daily activities, they also had various activities, usually like once or twice a week at night, there would be something like really exciting, like a movie night. Or like I said earlier, there might be a dance with a boy camp. They had performances put on by campers. Like there was one year my sister performed with a bunch of girls on stage to Dancing Queen by ABBA. I will never not uh, relate that song back to my time at Camp Mystic. It it is seared in my memory. (laughs) There were also things like carnival nights. I can't remember what the names of all of them were, but there was like a carnival night where you could like dunk people, bob for apples and that kind of thing. There were like field day kind of things kind of like the last day of camp where you're competing against other people for prizes and that kind of thing. Just a variety of like really fun activities and games and events all month long. Let's talk about like what kind of the day-to-day looks like though, because I think they really kind of nailed it with how they scheduled each day. So obviously the first thing you would do is go to breakfast and after breakfast, you would head on to your first class. I can't remember how many you had every day, but I feel like you had one or two in the morning and then one or two in the afternoon every day. And on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you would have the same classes those days. And then on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you would have a different set of classes. And so that was nice. You had like a little variety to look forward to. After lunch, we always had a rest hour, which I think was actually two hours, but we always called it rest hour. And during that time, we had to stay on our beds and be quiet. We could read, we could sleep, but we could not talk to each other. We could not be up and about. And I really think this was basically to give our counselors a break, but also to rest before your afternoon activities and give people a chance to rest and relax, which as a young camper, we never wanted to go to sleep ever, ever, ever. I don't think I ever napped. I was very ADHD. Um, So I was always just like itching to get up. I'd be like tapping my foot. (laughs) Like, I think I would get, I think my mom and grandmother would like send me comic books or magazines and things to look at. But then of course, the older we got, we would get so exhausted and we'd all sleep during rest hours. So it's just funny to look back and see the difference as the years passed. And then every camper's favorite time of day was commissary, which was after rest hour. We would all be waiting, crowded by the door, waiting for the sound to come on the speaker system to tell us that rest hour was over. And literally the entire camp would make a mad dash to the commissary to get the popsicle or treat that they wanted. And the reason for the mad dash, the reason we were all sprinting is because certain treats would sell out. And so you're getting your position in line was crucial. I was never a very fast runner. I'm in it for the long game, (laughs) but most of the time I was able to secure what I wanted. I always really liked, I think it was called a bomb pop. It was probably called something else because now I'm thinking a bomb pop is the red, white, and blue. But the one I'm thinking of is like chocolate and banana. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like this giant popsicle, uh, like a fudge pop, but with chocolate and banana. It was so freaking good. They also had just like traditional ice pops, also known as flavor ice, where they had like grape, orange, strawberry, cherry, what else? Lime. I think that's it. Really, really good. Always loved those. But yeah, commissary was the best. And actually a friend and fellow camper, an older camper follows me on Instagram and DM'd me telling me about a video that Camp Mystic posted about on their Instagram page, a drone video of the commissary run. It is so funny. I will share I will share it on my Instagram if you want to go to Beck and Call Podcast on Instagram. It's a drone video of 
when the bell tolls and everyone runs to the commissary, like the entire camp, like I was saying, it's a tradition. Everybody does it. And while we're on the subject of food, the food at Camp Mystic is legendary. It was so good. Like everything that I don't think there was one thing that I was served throughout my however many years I was there. I was there for over a decade for sure. I, I don't think I had a one bad, bad meal. I think my very, very, very favorite things were the cheese enchiladas, some of the best cheese enchiladas of my life, the coffee cake that they served at breakfast sometimes. Holy shit. What is that recipe? I must have it. They had these ham and cheese croissants, usually like the first day that you arrived. I loved those. They made a lot of salads at lunch, but my favorite one was the club salad. It had these giant chunks of ham and cheese. And of course, I poured ranch all over that. And then on Sunday, they'd always have fried chicken. And in order to get into the food hall, you would have to write what they called a chicken letter to gain entry. And (laughs) I was not big on snail mail. I never have been. I never will be. And I was really lazy about it. And like my mom and grandmother would send me stuff while I was at camp and send me letters and I like would never respond. But you had to. That was like the way that Camp Mystic ensured that you were writing to your parents was to send a chicken letter on Sunday. And I was so lazy that I would literally just write in the letter, this is a chicken letter. mail that to my mom or my grandmother. You only had to write one. So just do one a week, probably like different people each time. But that's how you got in to Sunday brunch. And then here's another real, real special piece of nostalgia for me. Bluebell ice cream was served after every, I think every lunch. And then at dinner, we had like an actual dessert, not ice cream, I think. I might be misremembering that, but Bluebell ice cream was served every day. That's for sure. Regardless of what day it was, there was always Bluebell. It was a different flavor every day. And that is where I learned to put peanut butter on ice cream. That is the Camp Mystic signature move. Everybody does it. It, Like I put it on nearly everything. I think the only things I didn't, uh, the only ice cream flavors I didn't put it on were like fruit flavors. I love peanut butter on almost every flavor of ice cream. But um, that's where I learned it at Camp Mystic. Obviously, a very crucial life lesson that I still hold with me to this day. In addition to being lazy about mail, I was also very lazy about laundry the first few years that I went. Um, I did a pretty poor job of sending my laundry out, which I think you could do once a week. And you had these laundry bags and you would just stuff your dirty clothes in there. And then at the end of the week, you would send it out. And they'd usually get it back after a few days. I guess I never sent it out. And on the final day of camp, when my parents picked me up, I was wearing my whites inside out and they decided going forward, they would talk to the counselors to make sure that I was sending my laundry out. I promise I'm cleaner than that. I do laundry every week now, but I guess at the time I just was having too much fun. I was not at all concerned with my hygiene. And then another really big thing a tradition from camp was getting charm bracelets. Going to James Avery after camp every year was so exciting. My parents would always take us to James Avery to pick out a new charm or two for that year. And usually it would have to do with your activities that you did or like the first year, obviously you'd get a Tonk or Kiowa charm, but then you would get Like if you did archery, you would get like a bow and arrow charm or a horse charm or whatever. Uh, There were a bunch of different charms having to do with things that you did at Camp Mystic. And so by the end of camp, we all had charm bracelets that were just covered in charms. 
I'm sure I still have mine somewhere. I have no idea where it is, but that was, I mean, just the idea of wearing sterling silver now is sort of funny to me. Silver is not my favorite thing. I know I'm wearing it in like shoes and bags, but I'm just not a big silver jewelry person. So it's just so funny to me that that was like the iconic look back then. But like Camp Mystic was the best. It was something I looked forward to every single year. Like I said, I would start packing at least a month before I was so hyped. I made so many amazing friends and memories at that camp. And like I said, I was, I was, I'm mad at myself that I didn't finish out um, strong and do all of the years. I just in high school got too cool for school and didn't want to go back. But the friendships and connections I've made because of my summers at camp have truly impacted my life in so many ways. Just one example. My former assistant, Liza, is also a mystic girl, as was her older sister. And when she applied for the job to work for me, we made that connection. And I just knew we were going to get along so well. It's just there's something about having that mystic connection that like you bond instantly with somebody. One of my cabin mates, Alice, ended up being a Theta with me at SMU and then became my roommate when I moved to Houston almost a decade ago. I made a bunch of friends from Camp Mystic that live in Houston. So when I moved, I knew a bunch of people already when I moved there. So that was really nice. I'm still in touch with so many of the women I met as a camper. And it's just so fun years later to be able to connect and reminisce about our time spent there. I'm obviously single and don't have kids yet. (laughs) and I might not ever have kids. But if I did, if I had girls, I would totally send them to Mystic. It was just so beneficial to me. And I also just had the best time. It was so much fun. Uh, I think I learned a lot. I made a lot of amazing connections and friendships. It's a beautiful place. I mean, I feel like you really have an appreciation for God and all of that, especially when you are spending all of that time somewhere so beautiful with people that are so kind and. Uh, it's just, it was just, it was wonderful. So like if you have kids and you're on the fence about sending your kids to summer camp, obviously do your research and wherever you want to send them. But like I had the best time and something that I feel like I should say, there are people that I've come across that are like, I don't think I should send my kid to camp because they're so shy. That is the perfect reason to send your kid to camp. If they're like too shy and not getting along with other kids, They need to go to camp because that will get them out of their own comfort zone. It'll help them break out of their box, meet some new people, get a little more confident. I mean, I just think it's so valuable. And if you have the means to do it, I highly recommend it. I know that it's a privilege. It's camp can be very expensive. But if you have the means to send your kid to a summer camp, whether it's for two weeks or a month or whatever, and it's a good camp, obviously, I think it is so valuable. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that little trip down memory lane talking about my experience at summer camp. It was fun for me to kind of tap back into that. I did have to look some things up on their website because I needed to remember some names of things and (laughs) some of the classes that they'd offered. There's some new ones too, like yoga and some other wellness things, which feels very trendy. Uh, (laughs) So if you want more information about Camp Mystic and you're interested in sending your daughter there, um, you can go to campmystic.com. They also have an Instagram, so you can search for them there. Uh, Like I said, it was a great time. Other camps, I'll mention them again in case you want to look at other camps in Texas. Camp Longhorn, which my mom went to, and I don't know why she didn't send us there, but it was a co-ed camp. And I remember, I feel like all of the quote unquote popular girls in my grade went to Camp Longhorn, maybe because they just got to spend more time with the boys. (laughs) I don't know. 
But I absolutely loved Camp Mystic because it was all girls. You didn't have to worry about putting on makeup. You could be makeup free. You could just wear whatever you want, look whatever you look, however you want. And you're just totally relaxed and comfortable not having to worry about dealing with boys, except for like the one dance or whatever of the month. So I really enjoyed that aspect of camp. Um, I'm sure the co-ed camps are really fun too. Like I think Emma from Emma's thing went to Camp Longhorn actually. So I should ask her about that. But um, so Camp Longhorn, Camp Waldemar is another all girls camp. Heart of the Hills is another all girls camp. Camp Stewart is an all boys camp. I think Balcony Springs might be co-ed. I can't remember. I feel like I did that one year, but I don't remember uh, before I went to Mystic. Once I went to Mystic, I was all sold on Mystic and did Mystic the entire time. But anyway, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I thoroughly enjoyed getting a little nostalgic and diving back into those memories. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider giving Beck and Call a five-star rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want more from me, you can follow along on Instagram at Merit Beck, as well as at Beck and Call Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in, and I will catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.